Welcome to the Tag Republic podcast, a weekly chat with Carolina Guzik about all things marketing. Some episodes are short tips that you can implement in your business right away, while others are in-depth conversations with industry leaders. Whether you're a new photographer searching for some knowledge or an established professional with years of experience, Carolina offers fresh and innovative advice that can help you transform your photography business. This episode is sponsored by The Art of Pinning, a self-paced Pinterest class for wedding and lifestyle photographers. If you are having a hard time driving traffic into your website or SEO is overwhelming you or the people that are visiting your website are not the kind of visitors, aka they're not converting into clients, then this class is for you. You can find more information at www.thetalkrepublic.com forward slash Pinterest or just follow the link in the notes. Now, enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Talk Republic. I am Carolina Gusek, your host. And today we have a fantastic guest. I am so excited to talk with Sam Jacobson. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm, how could I not be doing well with that enthusiastic <laughs> introduction? And welcome to everybody. I love the energy. Oh, I have a lot of it. And I have this belly laugh that makes me laugh so hard when I hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. You got it. You got a little bit of it. I do. I do like the laugh. You know, it's interesting that you say that, that the laugh is the thing, uh, because, I, you know, I don't actually spend a lot of time watching comedy, but I do spend a lot of time laughing. And so I think that that's, you know, something that keeps me going. I'm glad that you enjoy the sound of the laughter. It's funny. It always like makes me laugh. <laughs> and I met you and I'm doing air quotes. Obviously, people can't see this because of the podcast, but I met you through Clubhouse. You have been dropping so much knowledge in there that I am actually so glad that I downloaded the app and, you know, spent, you know, uh, hours within your rooms because they're always so, so good. So this is just kind of like uh, a little advertisement so if you are an iphone user download the app because i know that you're back on a schedule to do this you know weekly always such great content yeah thank you thank you it's um you know the app's pretty cool it's uh it's one of those things where when i first saw it i was like another social media app and i stayed off of it all of december and i kept wanting it to go away and go away and go away and finally in early January, I was like, all right, I'll see what it's all about. And then I was on like 10 hours a week hosting rooms for 10, 12 weeks. And it was great. And I helped a lot of people with some of the information. We got a lot of great feedback from the people who were in the rooms and a lot of success stories just from the information that was shared there. So uh, I'm, I'm always happy to share information for free for people to be able to take and put to practice because there's only so much work I can do, right? Whether it's on Clubhouse or Instagram or, you know, uh, a great podcast like yours, it's always up to the individual to actually put it into action. And so right. I think it's great that, that, that you recognize that, that you're doing that and that you're providing that opportunity for people by bringing people like me onto your podcast. So thanks for having me here. I appreciate it very much. I, as I said, I'm super excited, but let's back it up a little bit. Introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and what do you do? 
Yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't know me, Sam Jacobson, obviously, is a good place to start. Uh, I am a wedding professional sales and pricing expert. I've been in uh, the wedding industry since 2006, absolutely obsessed with how to make companies in the wedding industry more money. Uh, I started in hospitality in 1994. I worked at restaurants. And uh, one day when I was uh, managing in the restaurant at the resort I was working at, uh, the GM of the company came over and said, hey, Sam, guess what? You're the new event manager. And I said, huh? What? I don't know anything about weddings. And he said, well, the, the previous event manager had to leave on short notice to go and take care of a sick family member. And so you are now in charge of weddings. I said, great. When do I start? He said, today. You have a ceremony yeah. rehearsal to run in two hours. So I was off to the races. And you know, that first summer was tons of fun, and it was a learning experience for me. And over the next couple of years, I found out that all of the things that had got me to that place, my my luck, my charisma, my belly laugh, my deep <laughs> voice, you can't see it, but I have devilishly good looks. And all of those things uh, got me to where I was. But I realized after a couple of years of not really making improvements in the amount of business that we were booking that I was going to have to actually get good at doing the sales work. And so I learned everything that I possibly could about the science of selling and psychology. Both my parents are therapists. And so I got into the decision-making process and how and why people buy. And over the last 13 years, uh, I have been a student of behavioral psychology and how to apply that to uh, book more weddings. And it's been uh, a wild ride. I sold for the venue for a total of eight years. After I actually got good at sales, we ended up quadrupling the, the sales. And that was during the Great Recession. I then went and worked as director of operations for Todd Events in Texas, one of the, the bigger planner, designer, floral companies uh, in, in the South. And then after a couple of years, I decided to work for more than one boss. And I opened up a coaching and consulting company with a focus on wedding professionals. And here we are four and a half years later, uh, my wife uh, and co-owner of the company, Katie, who has 20 plus years experience selling weddings as well. Uh, she handles the copywriting division, and we have about six copywriters all together who do work on websites and sales proposals and uh, blog content. So I do the coaching and course creation, and she does the copywriting, and we are uh, out there helping wedding pros make more money in every way we know how. I definitely need to invite Katie over to the podcast because we haven't had an episode on copywriting yet, so I think that will be a success. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, you know, it's interesting, and, and we'll talk a lot about this, but so much of the sales work can be done when you are not around, and your website is a salesperson that's there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you have the right copy on the site, in addition to a beautifully designed site, the copy then becomes almost like the script of a salesperson, but it's great because you can hire an amazing copywriter with tons of experience in the wedding industry to write that copy rather than try to DIY it. It's kind of like giving somebody... Uh, you know, a camera and I don't know, like one of the best cameras in, in uh, you know, say in the Sony lineup, it doesn't mean that the person who's using the camera can take great photos. You still have to have some skill and experience to be able to put it to use. So just because you can use a keyboard and you know how to work in Squarespace or show it does not mean that you should write your own copy. You should have a trained professional do it if you want to get the best results, just like if you want to have a great outcome with you know albums and, and wedding images, you would want to have a skilled photographer do it. So happy to come in and talk about that for sure. 
a hundred percent. But today we're going to talk about closing leads and overcoming objections. I feel that as photographers, this is like one of our biggest pain points. I feel that sometimes we think that having beautiful pictures is enough. And although, yes, that's going to get people in the door, really the sales part is up to you as, you know, relationships, reading really how your clients are feeling, understanding what they need and what they want. And I think really this is where we uh, where we struggle the most, right? Because once again, we think that just having a beautiful website or gorgeous photos is plenty. And that's, you know, 90% of the sale. And I might disagree. I might say that that could be maybe 40% and the 60% really comes up to you, right? Am I wrong? Tell me. No, you're right. You're right. You are not wrong. And that's, you know, I think that's one of the things that um, is so important. And I, and I love that you brought it up. Uh, you know, the, photographers oftentimes thinks that the the buyers that, that go onto their site or, or hit their inbox are after the actual photographs, right? Um, and, and that's, uh, that's just the, the, the admission to, to the game is, is to have beautiful photographs. Once you have that, like everybody else who's out there, photographing weddings that you're competing against, it's up to you now to figure out how can you connect with and convince the person who's looking at your services to book you versus somebody else who also has beautiful photographs. And and there are other things that are out there too. It's not just the, the photographs. It's also, um, uh, you know, great personalities. You know, there are a lot of photographers out there that are great, great people and good conversationalists. So personalities uh, oftentimes are not going to be the thing that sets you apart. Um, uh, not just the portfolio and the personality, but also, uh, you know, the publications that you've been in. A lot of a lot of photographers think like, oh, I can just throw up the icons of the, the blogs or the magazines that I've been published in or on. And and that's going to be the reason why people book. Again, these are these are things that help. Um, they may attract attention, but they're not going to be the primary reason why somebody chooses you over another photographer. That's where the sales work happens. Awesome. So let's, you know, let's start right at the beginning. I like a lot of kind of like actionable steps and concrete details. So let's talk about how could we better prepare ourselves to close a lead. Let's say that today I got, you know, an inquiry on my inbox. I'm available. They sound like the perfect couple. I love the venue they're getting married at. What do I do next to make sure that at least I set myself up for success here? Yeah, you know, a lot of times people get too excited about that lead when it hits the inbox, right? It's like, ding. And then all of a sudden, you're like, I'm going to throw all the information, all the links, all the pricing at them right away. And that is why the number one reason why people are getting ghosted is because it's too much. It's like, I don't know, I I, I, you know, I didn't date very much before I found the perfect woman for me. Um, so, uh, But I'll, I'll use a dating metaphor. It's like okay. if somebody smiled across the room from you at a party or a bar or something, and you went over and you're like, hi, my name's Sam. And then she responded with her entire life story and, uh, and, and how, how many kids she wanted to have and what their names were. And then she asked you, how much money do you make? Because I want to see if you're qualified to date me. That's that's a little bit what the templated response with the pricing guide uh, and the walls of text that photographers oftentimes send out when they get that that inquiry in the inbox. And so it's not that you're getting ghosted so much as you're scaring the people who just want to get a little bit more information from you before they get too serious. And so um, if, if you move too fast, you're likely to lose the deal. So we really want to slow it down. 
And, and before you want to get married, you got to go on a first date. And so, you know, when, when that person hits your inbox, what you're really trying to do is to get that first date, which is to, to have a phone call with them and to see if it's going to be a good fit and uh, to talk about it and to learn about them, not necessarily to sell them on why you're the right one, but to learn about them and what they need and what they're interested in. So you can see if it's going to be a good fit for a second date. Do you think that, um, because I know that a lot of photographers would get afraid of doing this, right? They're like, well, my client wants information and I feel like a sleazy salesperson trying to get them to call me. Uh, what could be maybe an approach that we can take to make sure that, they, that it doesn't feel weird? I think one of the big misunderstandings about that phone call is that wedding photographers, wedding professionals in general think that that phone call is an opportunity for you to sell your services. And I want that myth to like go away. Like if I had a big sledgehammer, I'd put that myth in a box on the table and hit it over and over and over again, because that's not what we're doing on that phone call. What we're doing is, you know, and this is one of the reasons why we call it a discovery call is that you're, you're doing a lot of things, but the two primary things you're doing is not only are you trying to discover what are the biggest issues, concerns, and desires that they have, but you're also trying to help them discover what their biggest issues and desires and concerns are. And so instead of seeing the phone call as a situation where you might find yourself in a position to sell, 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 and to pitch and to try and persuade and influence and convince somebody to buy your stuff, or you have to go through a spiel, um, you know, that's, that's not what that call is about. That call is about two human beings connecting so you can get to know each other and have a conversation about if it's a good idea for you to move forward together. And I will say that a lot of people who are uh, who haven't done this in the past or or who listen a lot of professionals who haven't done this in the past will oftentimes say that you know oh my clients don't want to get on the phone they're too busy or they just want the information or they don't really care about me as a person they just want to know if I can provide beautiful photographs those things i have not found necessarily to be true what i have found is that people are too busy to continue to search in instagram and pinterest and and the 40 different websites that all start to look the same when you go through and, and click through wedding photographers or, or the knot or wedding wire, or whatever it may be, all those listings. What they really want is one person to, to cut through the noise, to act as a guide and to say, hey, would you like some help? Because I can, I can help you. I can get you to learn what's most important. I can get you to learn what are the right questions and criteria to, to use to make a decision on a wedding photographer. And we can do that in like 15, 20 minutes. Would you like a helping hand on that? That's what that phone call is really about. You helping them cut through the noise so they can make a good decision. And hopefully, if it's a good fit, you might be that person they decide. I love this because I've been in business for 10 years and I would say that for the eight first years of my business, when I would get like an inquiry, my reply would be like, Hey, I'm available. Here is my, you know, my pricing guide. Did it work? It did work for eight years. Could I have been better at it? I'm sure that I could have been better at it. So for the past two years, I've been jumping into discovery calls and I have to admit at the beginning, it was rough because I didn't know how to do them. I was asking the wrong questions. I was feeling weird because as you said, I was like trying to sell them on that first call. And I have to give a shout out here to Katie Prince. She's a sales a coach. She was here on the podcast and she taught me how to sell with concept, which is kind of like the best thing. And you mentioned here, you know, you said like, oh, you send that email and you tell them, you know, I want to help you. Do you have 20 minutes? Like right there, you're kind of setting expectations for the other person to be like, oh, this is going to be a light call, 20 minutes. And they know what they're walking into. It's not like 
sure, I'm available. Let's plan a phone call. I feel like just saying that is like, it could feel also too heavy for them. They're like, what is this phone call going to be about? How long is this going to take? What's going to happen here? Yeah, for sure. You want to make sure in that email when you're asking for the call that you're putting in the reason why you want to do it. And it's you want to learn what's important to them. And that's, you know, something along those lines. I want to learn what, what are your priorities. I want to hear about what you're most excited about and what you're most nervous about when it comes to wedding photography. Because when I know those things, I can then build the, the services that are going to best fit your needs. And that's what you're doing is you're saying, I want to find out what's most important to you and, and, and what you're worried about because, and you want to use that word in the copy on your email, because I'll then be able to get you the most accurate and helpful information. And however you want to say that, but that, the, the, that formula is how you're going to get people to get on the phone and do it willingly. Now, does this work every time? No. Does this work 70, 80, maybe even 90% of the time? It does. Um, it's also a way to help qualify the buyers because, you know, we don't want to put too much information that's detailed uh, pricing on the front end of the buyer's journey because we're gonna scare them because they're not ready for it yet. What we wanna do is we wanna make sure that we're qualifying them in different ways. And one of the big qualifying factors is are they interested enough to move on to the next stage of making a decision or are they just collecting information? And so if, if you can get them on the phone, that shows you that they're a little bit more committed and further along the buyer's journey ready to actually have a serious conversation. Otherwise, they should just be able to get some information and you know, if they're collecting basic stuff uh, without having to do a phone call. You don't want to waste your time on that call if they're not yet ready to buy. Correct. I would have to admit that I was one of those people at the beginning that I was like, ah, my clients are too busy, they're doctors, lawyers, they don't have time for this. And I would say that nine out of 10 times, they agree to a phone call. No fuss, no nothing. They're like, sure. I make it easy for them also. Like I don't have like an open, open calendar, right? I say like, hey, I'm available. Let's say if I get an inquiry today, I would say I'm available tomorrow during these times or on Friday during this time. So like I kind of like guiding them and once again, nine out of them, they're like, schedule the time, no big deal. If I get, um, you know, a reply that says like, hey, we just want to see your pricing. I'm also not going to fight that. I'm like, sure, here it is. Like, why am I going like, to extend them like a long email explaining them why I'm not going to send them my pricing? I think that's kind of silly. So sure, here is my pricing. Let me know if you need some information. How do you feel about that? I agree. I, you know, I'm, I'm actually this morning, I've been emailing back and forth with somebody who wanted to do, uh, they wanted to learn about copywriting and, and, and if, if we're a good fit for copywriting and she reached out and, you know, she said, here's a little bit about my project. I'm looking at doing a bit of a refresh, uh, you know, on, on the site and I'm hoping to keep the copy pretty close to the same. So what I have is this, you know, uh, how much would it be for you to go through and, and, and offer some suggestions? And I was like, well, we don't really do that. We, you know, we believe that it's really important to start off with messages and make sure that we're, you know, super knowledgeable about your buyer and your comp set and, and your brand. And, and before we ever write any, any words, we're doing 20, 30 hours worth of research and making sure that we're writing the right stuff. You know, the messages are the what and the copy is the how. It doesn't matter how you say things if you're saying the wrong things in the first place. So what we, you know, we're, we're emailing back and forth. And, and I'm just trying to figure out if it's worth getting on a discovery call for her or for me. And, and so there is some of that going back and forth. And I do mention some starting at prices. And I am trying to learn, does she really know what she wants? She said she just wanted a refresh, but is that really what she wants? Or is she looking for something bigger? Turns out with you know a couple of emails going back and forth, she just is confused about where to begin. She's like, do I get a template and then hire a copywriter? Do I 
start with SEO and then go through and figure out what the copywriter should be writing about. How does this whole thing work? So now there is a need for a discovery call because I know how to do this because we've done this a hundred times and and we are experts on websites and copywriting and brand messaging. And so I'm going to have a 30 minute call with her. And and if anything, she's going to come away from that knowing what it is that she should do next. If we're a part of it, great. If not, she's on her way and, and she's going to find success in the way that's going to work best for her. I love that you mentioned that the client is confused. And I feel that a lot of times as wedding photographers, we think that the client is an expert when in reality they're doing this for the first time. They have no idea what's happening. They have no idea about budgets or how much anything costs because once again, this is the first time that they're doing this. So I'm going to be once again, 100% honest. I didn't even know how much flowers cost for weddings. And I've been in business for 10 years. And a couple of years back, one of my florist friends kind of like showed me an invoice. And I, I almost fainted because in my mind, I'm like, you know, a, a bouquet at the store is 20 bucks. Like how much could it cost to be a wedding? I knew nothing. I was completely ignorant about it. And I feel like our clients are, I'm not saying they're ignorant. They just don't know about this because this is not like a daily thing that they have to do. So many times when I do these discovery calls, you know, I ask them, as you said, how, you know, what do you, what's your ambition for your wedding? What are your plans? And they have all these big grand plans. And then they're like, oh, we only need one photographer and like six hours. I'm like, but do we? Well, you want to get all these photos taken. You want to get all these important moments. So you're having 200 people at your wedding. So now I'm showing them how one person and six hours definitely is not going to cut it. Yeah, so yeah. I, they're the ones I kind of like realizing, you know, they're the ones kind of like realizing. So once again, it doesn't feel like I'm selling them on like two photographers and like eight hours of coverage. They themselves come to the realization that, oh, what we want at the end of this experience is X and we're going to have to get Y to get there kind of a thing. It, it is. Yeah. And, and, I, and what you're doing there is you're driving the desire by reframing their understanding of what it is that they want to need. You know, they think that they know what they want, but they don't even know all of the ins and outs of it and, and how you're going to help get them there. I, I like, uh, you know, one of the structures that I would recommend for photographers specifically to follow when going through discovery calls and trying to get your clients to, to, to want more to therefore pay more is to ask them about what are they most excited about for their wedding? What do they have planned? Don't go straight into the photography. Don't talk about the timeline. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what are you most excited for? You know, walk me through. Where are you getting ready? Tell me about who's going to be there. Are you guys going to do some food type stuff? Tell me about the dress. Tell me about any heirlooms that you're going to incorporate into your attire or, uh, you know, whatever it may be, but get started with the, with that part and then get them walking through the whole day and, and, and ask about the party at the end and the send off. And do you have sparklers or a cool car? Or, you know, what are you doing with that? And you can, if you, depending on your market, you can even talk about talking about the rehearsal dinner. Talk to me about their farewell brunch or whatever it is, but you want them to grow all the things that they're excited about. And so now you're like, okay, great. So it sounds like you're going to be getting ready starting, say, sometime around 11 or 12, and you're going to have this really cool send-off at midnight. So I'm looking in my head, and I'm like, 12, 13 hours. How many of those hours are you going to be doing things or, or setting things up that you don't want photos of? And all of a sudden that reframes their understanding of, oh, we have 13 hours worth of activities. Why would I only want six hours of those covered? 
or eight hours of those covered or 10 hours of those covered. And so now, now that they've, they've built up these really cool things, these experiences that they want you to capture and photograph and memorialize, they're, they have to they have to ask themselves what things are not important enough that I have planned that I don't want photos of, and that's a that's a, a, a technique that's going to pull out something called loss aversion, which is that that we humans don't like to lose things or have things taken away that yeah. we already have, and so if I've got in my mind these really cool things that are going to occur over a twelve hour period, and and then you say great, which ones of those do you not want to remember twenty years from now? I'm going to go. I, I want to remember all of them. I, and and that's because I don't want to not remember some of them. And so this is a little technique that you can use to drive up the desire and demand for more coverage, or 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 you can use the same technique for uh, getting more uh, more sessions, or it could be for more photographers, or, or you know albums or whatever it is. But it's this idea of building up what do you want um, in in a different way than you know hey let's talk about the timeline, which is what most photographers go to. I feel also that within the industry, and I don't know if you have realized this, I feel like you get to work a lot with like wedding planners, things like that, people that are a little bit more pragmatic about weddings. I feel like with photographers, sometimes it's like, oh, when you go into a discovery call, don't even mention anything about the wedding. Just have them talk about how much they love each other and all these romantic things that I think they're lovely, but in my mind, and I could be completely wrong, I don't think that they really move the needle. Correct me if I'm Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed for most, uh, I think for, for most people, it's a bad place to start. Um, you know, getting to know the couple and their love story can be risky. Uh, if you got me, for instance, as a buyer, I'd be like, I, I'm inquiring for wedding photography. I don't want to get to know you. I don't want to tell you how I propose. I don't want to tell you how we met. I don't want to tell you about what we do on our dates. I don't want you to ask me any questions about my private life. I'm not here to make a friend. You know, if I wanted to talk with somebody like that, I'd hire my therapist to have another session with me or I'd call my best buddy or we go on a backpacking trip and I sit around the campfire with whiskey and talk about that kind of stuff. But I'm here to get information about pricing and availability, damn it. So give it to me. And like, and it, and it can literally trigger somebody to go from open to what's called psychological reactance, where you get defensive. And when sometimes when, when people get too personal, we throw up that, that, that brick wall and we don't let them in. And so you could run into reactance instead of vulnerability. And, and, and if, you're, if you're working with the wrong type of buyer, uh, with a boss type or an analyzer, that's definitely a, a, a you know, situation you're setting yourself up for. I really love this answer because I, I mentioned this in the podcast many, many times because again, I, I, I keep hearing this, you know, in the community, like, oh, you need to be very vulnerable. And I'm like, once again, if that was me, right, if I put myself in my, the buyers of my, my prospect shoes, I would shut down immediately. Like that would be an end of the call. If I like your photos, I'm not going to like them anymore. Like I'm out. I am out. I am more pragmatic. And once I changed, you know, my, my, my phone calls, you know, structure, things have started to work really, really well because I let go of that. Like, oh, I need to ask these personal questions that, to be honest, for me, don't work because I'm not like that. So... And if it, yeah, especially if it's not true to who you are, it can, it, it's going to come through in the conversation. You're going to feel awkward. Mm. And as the guide in the conversation, they're going to pick up on that. And it's just the whole thing is going to feel awkward. So, you know, if, if that's not you and who you are, definitely that's going to be a stretch. Um, I will say that, that even for a guy like me, while I may not like that approach naturally, and I, I don't, I don't like being sold to that way. I don't like buying that way. 
Um, I will say that there are a lot of people who do want to have a personal connection with their photographer. Um, and, and, and that, that personality fit is going to be a big part of it and they want to connect, uh, or, or collaborate with you. And so if you could pick up on, uh, you know, we call this the relator buyer, the one who wants to connect through relationships or the dreamer who wants to, you know, dream about all the ideas and possibilities. That's a very collaborative personality type. If you run into that relator or dreamer, that, then, then I think it's your job as the, the person who's trying to connect with them and communicate with them uh, to, to stretch out of your normal way of communication. And, and you're going you're gonna to have to spend some more time connecting or collaborating to make that person feel comfortable. And it's not that you have to be a fake person in front of them or you have to not be who you are it's just that you're showing them a side of your um your you, you know who you are your personality your interests your um you know what it is that you could offer them in a different way than you would with somebody who is totally turned off by collaboration and connection awesome so, okay, great points here to kind of like guide a discovery call. Let's say that we have this amazing call. We give them all the information. Everything sounds great. Uh, and then after that, we get ghosted. Because I understand, as you said at the beginning, you know, like if, if we get an inquiry at the beginning and we give them a lot of information up front, it could be too much for them. And then they can, you know, we can get ghosted just because it was too much for them. So I understand that part. What happened when we get ghosted or how should we maybe avoid getting ghosted after a discovery call? Yeah. So a couple of things. Number one tip, big takeaway. I always tell the same thing when I'm on a podcast, especially for photographers, because we work with a ton of photographers. Uh, and that is if you are editing right now while you're listening to this, stop editing, take some notes for a second, because this is the biggest takeaway of the entire podcast episode. And that is if you would like to stop getting ghosted after you do a discovery call, you need to set up a second phone call to have a conversation about the proposal that you are going to send over. This is easily the most important thing that you can do to increase your conversion rate and get people to say yes. So I'll say it again. After the discovery call is, is kind of winding down, you need to say something along the lines of, this has been great. I've got some really cool ideas on things that we could do for the services. I'd like to put them together in a proposal. Is that something that you'd like to see? Of course, they're going to say yes. So then you say, great. What are you looking at making a decision? They'll say, oh, sometime in the next couple of weeks, probably, or whatever it is. Then you say, wonderful. What if I get you a proposal by the end of the week or by tomorrow afternoon? Would that be okay? They say, yeah, that's great. We're probably going to look over it on Saturday or Sunday or whatever it is. Cool. Now, most of my clients that I've worked with have found that there's a lot of new information in there. Also, you're going to be staring, you know, sharing it with your with your sweetie. And so he's going to have some some questions after looking at the information. It's been really helpful to schedule just a quick little 10 to 15 minute phone call after you've had a chance to look at the proposal so we can go over the questions. Or if you're super excited, we can talk about next steps. What works best for you Monday or Tuesday afternoon? And then you get that call in the books. It goes just like that. You know, if you're listening to this, stop, go back, re-listen to the word track again. This right here will boost your conversion rate significantly, more so than anything else. If you want to know how to close leads, this is how you do it. You have to schedule a second phone call to actually make the ask for the piece of business. Because at some point you have to say, I would like to work with you. Would you like to work with me? And if you don't have a time to do that, after they've had a chance to look at what you propose to do for them, then you're going to get ghosted because you've never actually asked them out. You've never said, hey, I'd like to like seal the deal here. 
can we get married and work together? If, if you aren't asking that, you're not even getting ghosted. They're just, they didn't know that you wanted them. And so you have to make that pitch in your proposal and you've got to have that second phone call scheduled so that you can try to close the deal. I love this and, and also so great to literally ask, would you like to move forward? Because I feel that sometimes we're really shy about it. We're like, oh, we don't want to sell, but we need to sell because we're in business. That's right. That's right. You know, it's, um, it's, it's tough to put yourself out there and say, hey, so we've had a great conversation. I sent over some, some ideas and, and a proposal. You told me that, you, you know, you, this all looked great. You said you loved the photos. It seems like we get along pretty well. Um, you know, we talked a little about budget and it all seems like it's kind of working out. Is there, you know, is there anything that's holding us back from moving forward and securing the date? This is the, this is the uh, great way. And, and hopefully this will lead in as far as you and I talking, Carolina, about uh, how to, how to work through objections. This is how you suss out objections. Is there anything else that's getting in the way of us moving forward? And this is called the anything else close. Ooh, and, and you, and so you, you go through and, and on that second phone call, you know, you, you have an opportunity to talk about the proposal. They say, everything looks great. And you're like, amazing. If, if it looks great, is there anything that's getting in the way of us to move forward? Um, if you do get a, an objection, then you continue, you dig into that objection and we can, we can follow up on this here in, in a couple of minutes, but, but the process with this, anything else close is to continue to ask, is there anything else that I need to know? Is there anything else that's getting in the way? Is there anything else that's giving you heartburn? about us moving forward is really what you're asking. And then you'll have a whole list of all of the objections, their issues, concerns, or, or the gaps that you need to fill to meet their desires. And when you have that list and you've listened to them and they feel heard, then you can go through and start talking about what you need to do to overcome those objections. But you have to get them first. And, and if, you, if you don't set yourself up for that second phone call, you're never going to hear the objections. They're just going to go away, and that's when you get ghosted. Mm, so good. Would it be okay if we role play for a second here with objections? Sure. Put me on the spot. Let's All do right. it. I'm happy to do it. <laughs> Okay, awesome. So I'm a bride. We had this fantastic conversation. We're going to pretend that you're a photographer. Now you can ask me the question. Yeah, so Carolina, it sounds like you are super excited about me photographing your wedding. Uh, are we ready to move forward on this? Ah, Sam, everything looks great. I really love your style, but um, we're not we're not ready to commit yet. Yeah, you know, photography is a big commitment. It's one of the the, the big vendor categories, and it's also a big expense on the budget. I, I totally understand how important this decision is, and there's a lot of weight that goes into it. You know, we've had a little bit of time for us to go through and to talk about it. Uh, I'm curious, what are some of the biggest hesitations that you have right now in making a decision on any kind of photographer? Mm, it's, I, I'm not so sure about the pricing yet. Yeah, like we said, it's a it's a ton of money. Um, you know, we had gone through, and in the beginning, you had shared with me that you were looking at something between, say, three and four thousand dollars. And I put out a couple of options that were in that range, um, knowing that the budget was there and that you have some options. Uh, are are you thinking that the budget may have shifted, or you have some priorities that have moved on elsewhere, or is there something else that that's that's getting in the way of of you feeling a hundred percent that this is the right thing to do? It, it looks, it looks lovely. I, I'm just like, I like, I've heard so many horrible stories about photographers and I know it's not you, but I'm a little bit afraid. Like, what if you don't show up the day of the wedding? 
that would be awful. <laughs> I would not be able to sleep with myself if I did that. And, and I should be, I should be punished and put into jail because of it. Um, no, I can't, I can't. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's a, that's a legit uh, concern. Um, so, so here are a couple of things just on, on this one, uh, that, that hopefully will help you feel a little bit better. So we're going to have a lot of contact between now and the wedding. So it's not like you're going to give me a deposit, sign a contract, and then not hear from me until 30 minutes before, you know, the date. But what we're going to do is we're going to have a, time to talk about 30, uh, 30 days before so that I can go through and, and get to know a little bit about what's happened as far as the timeline and what the wedding is coming together looking like. And then we're going to touch base about a week before, see if there are any updates for that. The day before, I'm going to give you a, a, just a quick little touch point. I know you got a lot of stuff going on, but I'm just going to confirm some details and see if anything else has changed. And then I'm going to show up at the event and you are going to be so happy to see me. Now, if for some reason I cannot make it, uh, I have uh, two or three backup plans in place, and, and I'd be happy to share some details with you. But just know that if for some reason I win the lottery and I go and buy a private island off the coast of Mexico, um, that I'm still going to have somebody there to photograph the wedding. And here's the thing. I'm obliged by contract to do that. So if for some reason that doesn't happen, you can take me to court and sue me for my private island. And end up seeing great. <laughs> I okay. Really, I think those were good because I think, I mean, once you get an objection, you need to definitely tackle that on, right? And again, I, I get asked all the times, like, what happened if you go sick, right? So like I tell them, you know, I work with all these professionals. I would have somebody else for you. In the case, God forbid that I can't find anybody, we have a contract. This is what the contract says that would happen. So I think that, you know, addressing all these objections is definitely giving the client peace of mind. Sometimes could be something really, really silly, and they just want reassuring that it's going to be okay. That's that's right. A uh, couple of things uh, on that. Number one, you're 100% correct. The biggest hold back on making a decision for a complex sale transaction like wedding photography is that we want to reduce risk. We think about what could go wrong at the like right when we're ready to make that decision, we go through worst case scenarios and we think that there's no way for us to be reassured. And so what we're looking for is that reassurance. And if somebody can do that by addressing our concern, then then we're going to we're going to feel better about moving forward. And so that's a that's a really important thing to to recognize that that all couples are going to have hesitations and some of them are going to be bigger, some they're going to be smaller and they're going to be for different reasons, but you're going to have to address them. It, you're going to have to address them either on the second phone call, like we just did in the role-playing. You're going to have to do that via email. You may have to do that on social media. You may absolutely do that on your website. This is a great thing for your blog posts and your services page to go through and to address these end stage concerns that your couples are going to have. And so like I do this with my clients, especially who are in luxury, ultra luxury, these photographers. Um, and this is a cool little takeaway. If you've got a big client on, uh, you know, that's interested and, and you need to push them across the finish line to be able to sign your contract, you could actually start scheduling your Instagram posts if they're following along to make sure that you're either, uh, you know, igniting some desire or reassuring them. So like, if you know that they're, you know, they're, you know, the, uh, the father daughter dance is a big deal. And, and so uh, you, what you want to do is you really want to focus on how could you put up like a, a connection between a father and a daughter in your social media posts? That's going to reassure them that you're going to give them what it is that they want. Or say they're concerned that like you, you know, you don't shoot 
with your your husband or wife and the one that that that, that they're considering besides you is a husband or wife team you could then put a post up about like spotlighting the expertise and authority that your second photographer has and you can do like a post on you know jim or whoever it is that's your second photographer and talk about all of his experience and you could throw like a slideshow of 10 photos in there showcasing the beautiful work that he does so when they go through and they're thinking okay is that second photographer going to be good enough then they see that in the feed and they're they're quietly subtly reassured so there's lots of things that you can do to close the deal to get it over the finish line and it's not just on the second phone call but that's a great place to start now i will say the second thing here because i want to go back to something that you said earlier about um, overcoming these objections the best thing that we can do is we can go through and look at what our past clients have objected to mm -hmm. and then we can we can look at preventing objections from happening by addressing those in our communication on website with blog content in the discovery call we can you know low-key drop ways to prevent objections from happening and and so uh that that's really what we want to do is we want to we want to data mine the past conversations, what are our clients objecting to? You put that on one side of the paper, then you develop on the other side of the paper, a really great response to that particular objection. And then you start feeding that into your communication strategy for social media, discovery calls, your sales proposals should address those as well. And you're prepped now for that response if you get it on the second phone call when they push back. I like all this. And to go just back to, you know, objections and, you know, I, I really like the part of like asking, right? Like what's holding you back? Because I feel that many times people have obviously objections, but they're not going to send us an email with the objections that they might have because it's just, it seems confrontational. It's just easier to say no or to ghost somebody. But when you're asking, then you like open the room for communication. That's right. And and you are opening up that room for communication, that space, that that conversation to happen. And and you just let them know, hey, a lot of people have tons of questions after they go through and look at the proposals. Uh, and 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 what, what I found is that it's great for us to have an opportunity to chat, even if it's just 10 minutes. Or if you have no questions and you're ready to move forward or you look at it and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is awful. I don't want to work with this person. Then you can cancel the call. But let's at least get it on the book so we can start with that and then work backwards. Again, is it going to work every time? No. Will it work 70, 80, 90% of the time? Absolutely. Will you get more people on a second phone call? The better you get at giving them a good reason and making it feel like you're super confident and coming up with the explanation for what they're going to get out of it. Absolutely. It's like anything else. It just takes practice. But I can assure you, this is the number one thing you can do to boost your conversion rate. Give yourself that position to either close the deal or overcome the objections. If you don't, you're just hoping that they're going to say yes. I also feel that low-key, you put yourself as an expert when you're doing all this and you are probably ahead of the competition because I can guarantee you that the majority of people out there are not doing any of these steps. That's right. We tell people over and over again, and as, as you're listening to this right now, uh, you know, the, the, the process itself becomes a competitive advantage over all of the other photographers that they're looking at. Is it more work on your part? Yes. Will you close at a higher rate? Absolutely. Will you make more money per event? Absolutely. And so you'll spend less time trying to get more inquiries because the ones that are already coming in, you're converting it at a higher rate 
both conversion rate and also price point. And so in doing this, you're going to stand apart from the competition because everybody else is just sending out walls of text on templated emails with a pricing guide or a, a link to a page that then shares the pricing. And they're saying, let me know if you have any questions. And this approach is going to make the person who's inquiring feel important. And ultimately, that's what you want to do. They're going to feel like, hey, somebody actually gives a crap about my wedding and my photography and I'm gonna share it with them so they can help me get ultimately what it is that I want. This person over here is offering to help, I'm going with them. I can guarantee you for my own personal experience that when I jump on these phone calls, the majority of the couples, they like thank me. They're like, oh, you were the only person that were willing to talk. I was that's like, right. well, this is crazy, but great. <laughs> well, and that's, and that again, that's, you know, if you go back and you look at what it is a human being wants, you know, mo most human beings, you know, they, they want to feel connected. Belonging to the tribe is a big deal. And so, you know, if you can make them feel heard and accepted and understood and not judging them, then ultimately they're going to feel important to you. And that's, that's something that if you can make them feel that on the, uh, during the sales process as they're, as they're buying your services, they're going to believe that you can do the same thing if they actually give you some money and sign a contract, that you're going to, you're going to take care of them in ways that other people can't. If, if all you do is send out information to them or have them fill in questionnaires, they're going to expect that that is what it's like to be one of your clients. And that's not very exciting. Oh, you have dropped so many great knowledge, actionable, actionable, you know, steps to follow. I love all of this. Before we close out, just one more marketing tip that has helped your business. Marketing tip that's helped my business. I think always trying to get other people what it is that they want rather than trying to find some way to get what I want is probably the best piece of marketing advice that I've ever had. And, and this always comes from a place of service, um, of giving, and not expecting anything in return. And, and, and you see it here. I'm, I'm on this podcast. You reached out. You and I didn't know each other. You, hadn't, you said you've heard me on Clubhouse, but you hadn't come up on stage. There was no connection. You sent me an email. And without a doubt, I said, yes, absolutely, let's do it. I can't do it now because I'm super busy, but I can do it in a month or two. Does that work? And you say, yes. I have no idea what's going to come from this. I don't know what's going to come from the relationship that we have. Um, I don't know who's listening to this and what they're going to do with it. But I know that our company and, and, and all of the companies that I've worked for up until this point, I've done the exact same thing. I've said yes to everything. And, and, and it's gotten me where it is that I am, which is in a position to continue to help more people. And, and ultimately, that's, that's what I'm here for. And so this marketing approach is something that we live and breathe in our values and we portray it in our actions. And I think that people feel that when they, they listen to either a podcast episode or hear me on Clubhouse or, or get a newsletter from me or they go onto our website and they think, oh, if this is the way that he is now, he's going to be even better when we actually sign up and, and buy something from him. So for, for me, that's always been a, a good place to start. And I, I, I definitely recommend that for as many people as possible. What can you give rather than what can you get? So good. So talking about you and your company, where do people find you? 
best place to find us is to go where all the free content is. <laughs> and so <laughs> you can find me on Clubhouse uh, at Sam Jacobson. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at ID Action Consulting. Um, we have a great uh, Facebook group that has almost 3,000 people in it. And it's a great place to get any questions answered or to solve a quick problem that you need to help move a deal forward. Uh, that's sell weddings like a pro. Uh, if you're interested in uh, some more information about actual services that we offer directly uh, with our clients, uh, whether that's coaching or courses or copywriting, you can go to idactionconsulting.com and get more information there or just reach out through DM. Uh, I'm happy to, to connect with anybody who has any specifics that they want some more information on. I will make sure to link all of these uh, places and social media uh, links to the notes of this website. I mean, this podcast. And just before we wrap this up, what is one thing that you're currently loving? You know, I think the thing that I'm enjoying most is the last little bit of quality time with my family as we've all been real tight together over the last 14 months with the, you know, the, the, the stay at home or not going out um, that, you know, I, I'm just having this experience. We have two, thir uh, two 12 year olds. One of them is almost 13. And, and while, yeah, it's been pretty tight around our house and everybody's kind of wearing on each other's nerves over a year plus period, I recognize that this is really kind of the last hurrah where I'm going to get to spend a ton of quality time with my kiddos before, you know, they're embarrassed to be seen out in public mm. with me. And so I'm just, I'm just really living in the moment. You know, I, I do journaling and meditation and journaling ritual every morning. And, you know, today the, you know, what is the message for the day? And the message for the day was be here now. And, and that's just those three words, be here now have been something that have really guided me over the last several weeks. And it's been pretty cool to experience all the things in life that we could easily just gloss over, but actually to appreciate them and enjoy them. And not look at the negative side, but instead look at the positive side. I'm starting with my family uh, because that's obviously why we do so much of what we do. Oh, this is so good. Sam, I want to thank you for your generosity, for your knowledge, for your willingness to share without any, you know, holding back. Thank you so much. I mean, I can't wait to see hopefully how our friendship grows and how we can, you know, help each other and definitely need to send you an email because I would love to have Katie on the podcast too. So thank you so much. And for all of you that listen to this episode, you guys are amazing. And I'll catch you next week with another guest. Until then, ciao. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more info about marketing tips for photographers and show notes, please visit thetogrepublic.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Want even more? Join our marketing community group. Just search for The Tog Republic Group on Facebook. Until next week.